happy tonight again to greet you in the name of our lovely Lord Jesus, the resurrected Son of God. And his presence is already here when I come in, so we expect him to see the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could even do or think tonight. That God will pour out upon us with his blessings and magnify Jesus Christ in our midst. <clears throat> I've been speaking the last two nights. Uh, Sunday night, I think we had a healing service. Monday night I was preaching and get out. Started a subject Sunday morning in the tabernacle, and I thought while we were waiting around for our crowd to kind of get picked up a little bit, I would kind of uh, give vent to my feelings. I'm one of these days, if God willing and will help me, I'd just like to have several campaigns where you you don't just go in and preach and teach the scripture and make altar calls and get out the altar and pray for the people and like we old-fashioned Baptists used to do. <clears throat> Only two Baptists that heard say amen. <laughs> Where are you all at tonight? Someone said, Brother Bram, was you a Baptist? Yeah, I said, I was preaching here at Arkansas one time. A fellow, old fellow got healed. He was, he had, he was a Nazarene. He had his crutches on his back the next day going around through the city with uh, a sign on it, God take me off this last night. And he was very badly crippled. It was in Little Rock. And he had been that way for several years. And everyone knew him because he went around and had his hat laying down selling pencils out of the hat. And everyone knew him, so it just started just done a great thing in the city. And a couple nights after that, I was preaching, and, and uh, he raised up and said, Just a minute, Brother Branham, do you mind if I ask you something? I said, No, sir. And he said, Well, he said, When, when I heard you preaching, I knew you was a Nazarene. He said, Then I've seen all the Pentecostal people around here, and somebody told me you were Pentecostal. He said, I heard you say a while ago you was a Baptist. He said, I don't get this. I said, well, that's easy. I'm a Pentecostal Nazarene Baptist. <laughs> that's right. We're just believed. Oh, friends, I don't belong to any denomination of church, and yet I belong to every one of them. When I started out on this, I said, Christ is my head. This Bible is my textbook, and the world is my church. That's, that's what I want to be till I die. Now, in a night or two, we'll try to start a healing service again when we get uh, we're seeing these cops and stretchers laying around here. I'd like to see something. I'm so anxious for something to happen here in Louisville, Kentucky, because this is my home state. I've never had a good, what you call a good meeting in Kentucky. Now, I don't mean that with any slam. Uh, I've had plenty bad ones, plenty places, but I mean, right here in my own home, it's so hard, I, just so hard to break it. I don't know why, but I guess it's because Jesus said in your own country, you know, how to be, that's probably the, the way it is, but we never get to see too many outstanding miracles. I had a service here about a year or two ago in Jeffersonville, but it happened to be the woman was from up here in Kentucky somewhere. She had turned to chalk like from her limbs down, from her hips down to her limbs, doesn't she? She hadn't walked for 17 years. Many of you who are that night remember the case. And she got right up and walked out of the tabernacle normally. Now, I'd like for the, something to get started here in Louisville where I could see an old-fashioned revival church through this lovely big city. It's a city of, like all other cities, it's as wicked as all get out. You know, that's the truth. I'm not a hurt in Kentucky because I'm a Kentuckian too. 
All right, but it's, it's true. It's wicked. This is the home of all whiskeys and distilleries and wicked devices and everything like that. It happens right around Louisville, Kentucky here. So it, this is the seat of Satan, but we can break it to pieces with the gospel of Jesus Christ if we all get together. That's right, we got to unite our powers together and push. Some time ago, a very famous evangelist in the country was said, talking about the service this year. He said, well, here's what it is. He said, when I go into a city, everything throughout the country has to sponsor my meetings or I won't go. That's right. What do you think? I think there's perhaps 60 or 70 big Baptist churches right in Louisville. See? How about the Methodists? It's a Methodist town, Asbury being up here. What would that man have if you come to this city just a Methodist and Baptist, let alone the Presbyterian at all? Now, how many full gospel churches is here in the city? Two or three little missions down along here somewhere. Just small churches here and there. And they're at war with one another. So when you come in, you have to stand on the strength of your ministry. That's right. It isn't everybody like a politics moving in. It's on the strength of your ministry to draw from whatever the Lord will stand. I like it that way. Brother, if Jesus Christ ain't my Savior, my dependence, then I have nothing else to depend on. That's right. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other grounds are sinking sands to me. I'd rather preach to five people that I know God had sent to hear the message than to preach to 10,000 that were politically pulled into it. That's right. I'd rather see one old-fashioned conversion get out the altar and cry boo-hoo through than to see a 10,000 stand just say, well, I'll try it. <laughs> try it. You're not a Christ. But to try, he's one to accept, live or die, sink or drown. Take him anyhow. If I prayed for 10,000 people tonight and they all died in the morning, tomorrow night I'd be back here praying for the sick, believing God's word is right. Right. If I was dying and uh, 5,000 people died 100 years ago, and if in an eternity that long rolls back and comes to the earth and said, Brother Branham, don't you trust it? He's not right. Don't trust it. We've... We trusted him when we failed. I'd still say, let me die in Jesus Christ. That's right. I believe it. And that's my whole heart. Everything set right in that. And I believe it with all my heart. And I depend on him. And I love his people. And I love you fellow citizens of the kingdom of God. And I want to stand shoulder to shoulder with you and bear the burden. Now, tonight, I give out last night. I was going to speak a little while tonight, the Lord willing. Don't want to keep you too long. Tire you. Because respecting I've got kind of like a priest before the Lord for this meeting, and I'm expecting God to do something that'll start the meeting rolling right here in the city. You pray, do your part, then when the judgment comes, we can all stand and say, we did our part. In the 20th chapter of Exodus, and beginning with the 7th verse, I wish to speak just a few moments, if God will permit, on a very, uh, well, I'd say not an outstanding subject, but a, a good subject. Last Sunday, at the Sunday school at the Tabernacle in Jeffersonville, we started on redemption by the blood. And here's what I'm trying to do, if you want to know why I'm doing this here. Many of you say you never see me preaching in a healing campaign, but it's for a purpose. I think if I could get souls broke down and come to the altar, then I'd find favor with God for Louisville. That's right. When the people really get down before God and pray. And then there's many of you, friends, just praying, fasting, and afraid to take hold of what you're praying for. Amen. That's right. See? 
Well, go do you a good to fast and pray. Let's get some works to go with it. All your faith in the world won't do you a bit of good unless you step that out there and toe-to-toe with it and take it. That's all. You've got to go forward. You've just got to step that out and do it anyhow. When you ask for anything, go get it. God said it's yours, so don't take nothing less. Get what you ask for. You do that and find out how it comes out. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't back up and say, well, I'll take second. I'll take first. God promised me first. That's what I want. And for these 23 years I've served him, he's given me that place. And I, as long as I believe him and love him and he loves me, it'll be just that way because he's obligated to his word. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it. You shall have it. That's what he said. Is that right? Amen. That's good. All right. I like to hear you say amen. You know, Sister Hoover, amen means so be it to me, you know. And I, I go to speaking, I don't hear nobody say amen, I, I get all puzzled. Here some time ago I was preaching in a little church, and, and I was just, oh, I haven't got very many pulpit manners according to the, I guess, the theology of the day, so I guess I got a little unruly, and I think I jumped up on the, flat, on the pulpit like that and grabbed the microphone in my hand and sat there with my feet swinging off preaching as hard as I could. I come to myself, I didn't know what I was doing. And... You know, if I got lost again, I found myself down the middle of the aisle rolling up my trouser leg. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was really, I'd like to stay there a while. <laughs> One thing I'd like to say, it was somewhere that I sure was enjoying myself. I just lived off of it for several days afterwards. As the man comes to me and he said, say, he said, how can you preach all them people saying amen? I said, that's what makes me preach. <laughs> I used to have an old dog, a coon hunter. I guess I got plenty of Kentucky friends here that likes to coon hunt. So, and he would treat anything there was and go get it besides the skunk. And he just wouldn't have nothing to do with that. I came running under a brush pile. And the only thing I had to do, I didn't want to get under there actually, I'm not sure. So the only thing I'd do is just raise up the brush and pat him and holler, sick him, boy. Sick him. He'd go get the skunk. Now, the worst skunk I know of is the devil. And if you want to do a little pat and just holler amen once in a while, we'll get treated after a while and go get him. <laughs> no, old buddy Robinson, many of you heard of him, had me at the Nazarene church. He said, Lord, said, give me a backbone like a saw log. Give me lots of knowledge in the Gabriel end of my soul and let me fight the devil as long as I got one tooth and then gum him till I die. I think that's a good, and that's just what he did. That's just what he did, way nearly a hundred years old and still preaching the gospel. I hear them old veterans preaching like that the other day. I had to turn on the radio and an old brother by the name of Mordecai F. Ham, around a hundred years old, still preaching the gospel. I said, God bless him. <laughs> May he have stars in his crown when he gets there. <laughs> brother Ham, I just barely know him. One of these days I want to meet him before he crosses over the land and so he can shake hands with a lot of folks over there. I know he'll have plenty to shake hands with when he gets there, oh, because he's been an old veteran. The Lord bless you now. And now, before we enter into this word, let's ask the author to come down and reveal it to us. Our kind Heavenly Father, we approach thee tonight in that lovely, magnificent name of thy Son, Jesus, confessing our sins that we are not worthy to speak his holy name, for in all the family of heaven is named Jesus. All the family on earth is named Jesus. And in that name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to it. Whether they be sinners or saints, then when we speak in his name how we should 
be quivering in our hearts with reverence as we speak. So we ask in his name reverently that you will come to us tonight, Lord. We're here in the midst of a great city with all kinds of devices. Satan has got the people so bound up in their businesses and it's gambling and prostitution, whiskey and cigarettes and, oh God, and many ministers in the pulpit just let it pass by as if it was just one of the common things that God give us a voice of warning that will preach the gospel straight and true, lay the axe to the root of the tree and let the chips fall wherever it will be, but help us, Lord, to pronounce judgment upon such things and preach the gospel of thy dear Son, Jesus. God grants something to take place that will shake this city for the kingdom of God. And even the churches that just going along on the corners with a few members, oh God, may them churches fill up and pack out with good old-fashioned saintly people born again. Grant it, Lord, and may we receive a revival, an old-fashioned God-sent revival that will shake from one side of the street to the other. Getting rid of all the meanness. Oh, God, don't give us a protracted meeting. Give us a revival that'll close up bootleg joints and that'll get things right. Make people come when the church bell rings and flock to the altar and pray before the pastor's message and be ready. God grant it. Now tonight there may be sick here, Father, and while we're speaking on the sick or for the sick also, may the Holy Spirit heal every sick person in the building. Save every sinner, call back home every backslider from his wayward way. And now may the Holy Spirit be the one that has guided me to this subject tonight, and may he take the things of God and just use his servant here as an instrument, and may God receive glory, for we ask it in his name. Amen. In the seventh verse of the twentieth chapter of Numbers, we read this, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod, and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother. Speak ye to the rock before their eyes, and it shall bring forth his water. I want you to notice that his water. It shall bring forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of the rock? And Moses lifted up his hand. And with the, his rod, he smote the rock thrice, and the waters came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. May the Lord take these few words now as we go back to our subject from last night and bring it up to this God's willing. And now, I want all the sick that's in here tonight. Uh, Billy never give out any prayer cards today because I told him not to. I said, just go over Billy and tell Brother Cobbles and just let me, uh, I'm trying something for the glory of God. 
just asking God to help us, to give us souls into the kingdom, and believers that will strengthen their faith and move up, even without anything else, will just move right up and say, God, I believe you on the word. There's the initial and first and best way. That's right. Take God at his word. Then if you can't do that, then of course God sends other things in, such as gifts and signs to, to confirm his word, to confirm it to every believer. Now, Sunday we had redemption by the blood. We're taking Israel now in their journey, coming out of Egypt, type of the world, on their way to Palestine, the promised land. I think it's a beautiful thing. I just love it. Put there every week I sit down and read through that book of Exodus if I can, or as much of it as I can. I love it because it's a perfect type of the church today, the condition, how God is moving, moves then what he did in the natural then he's doing in the spiritual now. See it? Now there he led Israel, natural, where they seen, looked, moved them out of a certain land into another natural land. Now we're moved by the Holy Spirit in going out into the promised land. You believe we're on a road to a promised land? In my Father's house is many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. I'll go and prepare a place for you. Is that right? Now, we have a promised land that we're going to. And each day marks a milestone. Another day, another milestone. And there's a big dark shadow setting out of the force called death. And every time our heart beats, we move one step closer to that. One of these days, it's going to take its last beat, and we're going in. I want to be at my time, make my lot, as I hope every one of you is tonight. When I know that it's laying just before me and I have to meet it, I don't want to be a coward. I want to wrap myself in the robe of his righteousness, walking into it knowing this, that I'm sure that I know him in the power of his resurrection. That's right. That when he calls from among the dead, I'll be called out with them that's the living. God is the God of the living. Now, as they journeyed in this land, we found out that God made a made a plan for them. He brought uh, redemption by the blood. Then we find out he brings redemption again by power. We found night before last that he had the blood applied, which was a very beautiful type of the believer, that when he has accepted the death of Christ in his stead, then he becomes a child of God. He starts on his journey. Now, the next thing that he has to have after he is saved spiritually, now the death of the innocent lamb provided life for the guilty believer. Isn't that a perfect type now? The death of the innocent providing life for the guilty. And the death of the innocent Christ provides life for we, the guilty. Now, first then, after God gave them life through the blood and proved it, that death passed over them, he started them in their journey. We're going to catch up with them after a while. Now, notice, then the next thing God did as soon as they would become believers and children and accepted God, the enemy of physical death took after them, and he had them cornered. 
right up to the desert on one side, the Red Sea on another, mountains on another side, Pharaoh's army coming, pursuing, millions of soldiers coming in the march to overcome them. Now, God had made manifest that he had given life through the death of the Lamb. Now he's going to show them physical redemption. Hallelujah. See, both for salvation and healing. See, for the natural man and the spiritual man. The death angel passed over, proving that God had made a way of escape through the offering of the blood. And they accepted it. Now he's going to make a way of escape from a physical death. Like the believer, as soon as he gets saved, maybe a cancer is eating him up or some disease, God has redemption also through power. As soon as he has redemption for the soul, he has redemption for the body. It was a, They were saved and they were circumcised. They were under the blood. But yet Pharaoh was going, the enemy was going to destroy them, kill them all right down the wilderness. Then God showed his power of redemption for their body. You get it? You know what I'm speaking of? Redemption by the power. And then when the enemy was right nearly on them, the great supernatural pillar of fire raised up from over Israel, come over here and stood between them and death. Let us talk for a few minutes. Can you see what I'm speaking of? Now, to every believer, born again, child of God, when death comes stealing to the door prematurely, the angel of God stands between you and the sickness. Now, if you want to run right on to it, that's your business, but you don't have to. See? He's standing between you and death. Twenty-three years ago, the Jewish hospital, Dr. Morris Flexer, gave me three hours. One of your best surgeons here in the city. Give me three hours to live. I'm living tonight. Hallelujah. Why? By unmarried grace, the angel of God stood between me and death to protect me. And I accepted it. And in gratitude, by God's grace, I want a half a million souls to him tonight. Oh, how God knows how to do things if we will just follow don't try to lead God, let God lead you, see. We are the ones to be led. I think that's why God likened us as a sheep. Did you ever see a sheep lost? Why, he's the most helpless critter in the world. He can't find his way nowhere. He just stands in blake till the wolf he sees. Or he dies, or he can't find his way back. And that's the way that when a man is lost, he's totally helpless. Nothing you can do about it. God, through grace, has to lead you to Christ. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father draws me. And all that he draws and comes, I'll give him everlasting life. What a promise. Oh, I wish I could get every person in here that was sank way down under the fifth rib on the left side till it hit the core of the heart. You'd see people just get up with all kinds of diseases, hanging on to them, walk out of this building rejoicing, refusing to have it. Cripples have walked just as normal as they could be. They'd refuse to know anything else. See? You're scared. You're afraid to make the start. You're waiting for God to come down and pull you out. God doesn't do it that way. You're the one who has to make the step. He gives the promise and says, come on. Then you follow. Now, notice the children of Israel and God came and 
stood between them and the danger. Power of redemption. Redemption by power, rather. Redemption by blood. Redemption by power. Last night we left them just crawling up on the bank, on the other side of the Red Sea. All the enemies, their chariot wheels have been taken off, their horses got spooked, got out in the middle of the river, and they were turning every way, going this way, the wheels marred down the mud and fell off, and a bunch of men frantically running. The enemy and Israel climbed out up on the bank to see God catch forth his hand and destroy all the enemies. A beautiful type, the believer under the blood, been healed and Father, go between the power of God sparing his life, prolonging it for a time. They'd have everyone been killed right there. It'd have massacred them right there in the wilderness if God hadn't stood between them. I'd have been dead a long time ago if God hadn't stood between me and death. Every believer in here would have been dead a long time ago if God hadn't stood between you and death. Every one of you. So God in his Father's grace and mercy stands between the believer and death. Hallelujah. Stand. What's the next thing for the believer? The next thing is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then. Moses led the children of Israel right down to the Red Sea, was baptized in the Red Sea, the sea water representing spirit. When he smoked the rock, water came out. And it was a type of Christ in John 3.16. God so loved the Lord and gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. Notice, a perishing people in the wilderness was saved by a smitten rock. And a perishing people is saved today, perishing in sin, perishing in iniquity, because the smitten Son of God taking their place. Water, the Spirit rolling out. What? I want you to see it now. As they went through the Red Sea was a type of receiving the Holy Spirit. After the believer has been redeemed from death unto life, the power of God has healed his body. Now he's a candidate for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now he's got a journey under ahead of him, but before he can meet that journey, he's got to have something to pack him through. Amen. Perfect type of Pentecost. Notice, as they crawled out of the bank, every believer, when you come in and are saved except the blood of Jesus, you still try to hang on to this and hang on to that, and you can't give this up, you can't give that up. After all, God may do good things for you, but... You can't give up your cigarettes, you have to take a sociable drink with the fellows now and then, but what you need to do is pass through the Red Sea. When they come out on the other side, here it is, I want you to see it. As they come out on the other side, crawled up on the bank, and looked back and seen all those old taskmasters who had beaten them, killed some of them, just like cancer and cigarettes and tobacco and whiskey and everything else, guys that kids in saying sends them to the asylum in the hospitals and a bunch of neurotics and everything else produced in the world. When they looked back and saw all those things struggling, helpless and dying in the sea, brother, you talk about a meeting they had one. Moses 
Oh, I'm going to let this sink deep. I hope it goes way down. Moses, greatest prophet ever lived outside of Jesus Christ. Never was a man that God ever spoke to like he did Moses outside of Christ. He said, if everyone is spiritual prophet among you, I'll show him visions and make myself known to him. But not my servant Moses, I speak lip to ear with him. Right. Moses, this dignified man, as soon as he comes through that experience, he's seen all those taskmasters there, he knows all them things that's gone forever then. All those things that have drove him and beat him and whipped him around was finished. He raised his hands and sang in the Spirit. Oh, my. Never been tight and won't be until we get the glory up on us. When the completion was made there, he sang in the Spirit. And when we were redeemed in the body, that was a type of the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost when we passed through the sea. It was a type of Pentecost. And Moses in the anti and the type that says, when he passed through that, he sang in the Spirit, it come on the day of Pentecost, and when the body is perfect redeemed, now our soul is perfect redeemed. Right. And not perish, God, everlasting life. What the Bible says. Oh, I feel good. Notice. Why? Because I know it's just saith the Lord. Let's anchor my soul and walk on and say, thank you, it's all you want to do. me don't bother me. Oh, I know whom I have believed. Now I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against the day. Amen. What we need tonight is a good old-fashioned silly Sunday book down Hallelujah Revival. It's what we need around the world here. That's right. Need a good old-fashioned God-sent Pentecostal Revival. Amen. Yes, sir. Notice. Then, when our bodies are redeemed, which we got divinely now as a shadow, as that was a shadow there of Pentecost, look what they done in the shadow time of salvation. Look how they walked there before God. Went to the edge of the sword of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, all these things they did. Come out of the fire furnaces, away from the lion's den, and everything by the shadow. Hallelujah. Amen. By the shadow of Pentecost, now we have perfect redemption through the blood of Christ. Amen. We couldn't have perfect redemption that causes under the blood of bulls and goats, and it will not take away sin. It only covers sin. But when Jesus suffered at the most holy righteous blood, Amen. sins wasn't covered no more. They were divorced and done away with, and the believer goes in the presence of his maker. Amen. Hallelujah. If they did that, then the shadow there of Moses singing in the Spirit, then over in Revelation, those who got perfect redemption of the body stood on the sea of glass and hung the song of Moses again over the book of Revelation. Talk about a, a Holy Ghost meeting. They had it when they got up on that thing. Listen, sisters, the little dignified Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Moses, a prophetess, she got so excited, so she grabbed up a tambourine and run down the bank beating this tambourine and dancing in the spirit. Not only that, but all the daughters of Israel followed her dancing in the spirit. If that ain't the Holy Ghost, I've never seen one. 
Why, of course, then, all them ritualistic, dignified nations could look through the binoculars and see that they had fanaticism. But it was God! God! The dignified things look down today upon what God has blessed. Right. Reminds me of a story. A fellow had a great, big, fine farm. He built great, big, fine barns, just as dignified and classic as this could be. But he was too lazy to farm. All right, there's another farmer who lived close to him. He didn't have very much of a barn, but he really was a farmer. And he put plenty of good food in that barn that year. Two little calves were born, one in one barn and one in the other. When springtime come, they turned the little calves out of the stall. That little calf from over here had been fed real good. My, when that wind began to hit him, oh my! He kicked up his heels away and went just as hard as he could go, starting to jump into the bucket and going on. Then the other farmer turned his out over there. He had nothing but weeds. Too lazy to farm, too lazy to feed. What's the matter with some of these pastors? Right, right. Too lazy, too trifling. Just dignified barns is all you got. Put some food in there, they say. Right. Right, the baptism of the Holy Ghost preaches power. It was scorching. That's right, but that's what he needs in good old fashioned scorching. What the church needs, what the members need. Notice. And this little calf had been ripped. Poor old fellow come out of Saul so thin he couldn't hardly walk. And he peeped down through the crack and looked across and seen that other calf just a snort and he was all fat around. He felt good. He'd been eating all winter. And that little Saul calf looked over and said, That's fanaticism. <laughs> My! Sure, he's too skinny to think anything else. I'll tell you when that one is all fattened up. Oh, brother, you know where he was at. He was having a good time when that warm wind began to blow him, and any man that's born to the Spirit of God, you're part of a fanatic or anything else. When that warm spring Holy Ghost wind began to come like it did over there at Pentecost, something's going to take place. Right? The warm wind began to blow. Brother, you're all fattened up with the gospel. All around and feeling good. You got your heels and have a good time. That's what Miriam and them did. Look back there and saw all them old things that they once done at all, dead and gone. They've done seeing God accepted the blood, done seeing his power and divine healing standing between them. Come to the Red Sea, was baptized with the Spirit, walked on the other side, just having a good time. They didn't say what the all the organizations thought about it. Amen. What a perfect type it is today of a believer who will dare to step out. God promised that he'd supply their every need. He promised he'd supply every need. He never told them, I'll make a way of healing, I'll make a way of this, I'll make a way of that. He said, I'll be with you. Hallelujah. That's what he said to us, I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. That's all I have to say. You don't have to argue this, that, or the other. If he's here, that satisfies me. Divine healing care, power is here, everything he was there, he is now. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. So you take the theology and drown with it. Brother, I believe Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. But I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world. Yes. And there they came out. And he was with them. Now they said, all they had a little basket of bread on their head. It was all eat up and gone. Didn't have any. They went to bed a little hungry that night. But the next morning when they got up, there was bread laying all over the ground. That's the way God does things. Let you come right down to the last minute and show you what he can do about it. That's right. He loves to do that. He loves to, he loves to surprise his people. You man like to do your wife like that. Wait till her birthday, just keep her under suspicion because you love her. 
That's the reason God lets us come to the end of the road sometimes, because he loves us the most of people not going out of hours. Praise the Lord. Because he loves us. That's the reason he does it. Yes, he just lets us get right down to the place where we're just about ready to make the last step, then he steps in the scene. He let the Hebrews come and walk right into the fire furnace, but there was a fourth man standing there with a fan. Keep it off of him. He's always there. He never leaves. He's always there. The angel of the Lord came about those who fear him. There that night they picked up that bread the next morning out to see those Israelites that had just passed through the Red Sea, had just been redeemed by the blood, seen the healing power of God and the miraculous power standing between uh, God and between Israel and Egypt and the drowning enemies behind that like the old cancer is gone forever, the blindness is gone, the deafness is gone, the diabetes is gone, everything is done, drowned back under the blood of Jesus Christ. How you feel? Wow. Walk down the street to little critics say, now wait a minute, are you sure that won't talk to me? <laughs> oh my. I can see them out there just gathering up and gathering up and eating and having a glorious time. Just like an old fashioned Holy Ghost meeting. Here come the Spirit of God moving over some little thing to reach up, get it in the heart like that heart. Praise the Lord! It's an old-fashioned meeting like that. Yes, sir, they were just kept it from one side to the other, having a good time. Now that bread never did cease. It went all the way through the journey for them. That's right. And was a perfect type of Pentecost. And us, that was in the natural. That bread never did cease. It stayed the same bread until they entered the Promised Land. Is that right? You Bible readers know it. And then, when we, the church was inaugurated at the day of Pentecost, when the believers were up there, and there came out a sound like a rushing mighty wind, filled the house where they were sitting, the same Holy Spirit that fell then falls now. It will go come on from that time to the end of time. It will go right on through. It's our bread. They were fed with natural bread. We were fed with spiritual bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life that comes and God out of heaven. They said, our fathers eat man in the wilderness for a space of 40 years. He said, there's everyone dead. Yes, sir. But the, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has everlasting life, and I'll raise him up in the last day. I am the bread of life that comes from God out of heaven. If a man eats this bread, he shall never die. There you are. They had the natural. We got the spiritual. Oh, let me change it for nothing. Wonderful. Oh, you say, Brother Ben, we all know you're a fanatic. Well, I do too. <laughs> I'm a fool for Christ. He's fool for you. <laughs> you may be the devil's fool. <laughs> all right, so I'd rather be a fool for Christ, wouldn't you? All right. Notice, here's another thing about that manna. When they begin to taste it, they said it tastes like honey. Yes, it was sweet. I could just see them old saints are smacking their lips and eating away. It was good. Did you ever taste this? This is good too. Said, taste and see, the Lord is good. It tastes like honey in the rock. I've also made this remark many times that when David of old, who spoke that in his psalm, said it tastes like honey in the rock, David being a shepherd, he had a little script bag they carried on their side, and they always pack honey in it. The old shepherds do yet in the, in the Palestine. And when their sick sheep gets going on, then the first thing you know, you reach down to your piece of honey. He takes and rubs it on the rock, a limestone rock, and the sheep likes that honey, so he goes to licking that honey off the rock. And there's something about limestone that he uses the sick sheep. And I say, we got a whole sick bag full of honey here tonight, and we're going to put it on the rock, Christ Jesus, and the sick sheep will lick licking you're sure to get well. That's right. Just lick, 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 and while licking the honey, while well, you're sure to get some of the limestone. That's just as sure as anything. 
Now, we're not going to put it on the church. We're going to put it on Christ. We're wrong. That's right. Because he belongs in Christ. Amen. That's all of the redemption blessings. Notice, and another thing, when that began to fall, Aaron was commanded to go out and get several omerfuls of it. Now, if they try to keep some over for the second day, it's spoiled. And that's a whole lot among the Holy Ghost people tonight. You're trying to think, well, 20 years ago we had a good message. We had a, we had a good time. What you got tonight? That's the thing. They, it fell every night. It never failed one time, only on, on the Sabbath. That's right. And that, God has sent it down new every night. Every day, every hour it comes. Notice them Omer fools have kept up. He said, now look, when you come into the land and your children begin to inquire about this, that every priest now that comes into the priesthood, after he had the permission to come to the holy place and so forth, and ordained a priest, then he had a right to go in and take a mouthful of the original manna that fell at the beginning. The very first that fell, they picked it up and put it in an omer and kept it, and it was just reserved for the priesthood. Now, you say, Brother Branham, what type does that have today? Well, we are the priesthood. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, making spiritual sacrifices unto God, the fruits of your lips, giving thanks to his name. Amen. There it is. Now, then on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was falling, our man. Now, every priest back there in the Old Testament, when they come in to be a priest, they knew they were going to get a mouthful of the original manna. Not some made up, some man made it look like it, but they're going to get some of the original. Well, on the day of Pentecost, when our manna began to fall, the Holy Ghost came like a rushing mighty wind. There was a bunch of little dignified people, 120, in an upper room. Doors shut, windows down, sat back there waiting for the promise. Yeah, they'd been with Jesus, sure. They know his power and all that, but they were waiting for the promise. Amen. That's what we want tonight. To be, if this group of people could get in one accord like they was on that night, the same thing would repeat tonight, right here in this building in Louisville, Kentucky, that repeated on the day of Pentecost. That's right. Oh, of course, they had the same kind of critics there in Louisville they had there. But they were all in one place, one accord, and suddenly, there came a minister up, and he had a letter, and they signed their names and had the right hand of fellowship and entered into the church fellowship. That might be today, but that wasn't then. That's the way the Protestant does it. The Catholic walks up to the altar and takes his first communion, lifts out his tongue, takes away from the priest, drinks the wine, then he becomes that. <laughs> but then on the day of Pentecost, they were in one court in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. <laughs> Man had nothing to do with it. Like a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. The power of God stuck upon them out into the streets. They went acting like a bunch of maniacs. Like they did down there when they come to the Red Sea. Is that right? They screamed, they cried on, they staggered, they stammered with their lips. They oh, such a carry on till the people, the dignified church, stood back and said, These people are drunk on new wine. Hallelujah! You're going to call me a holy roller anyhow, so you might as well get started now. All right. Look. They were full of new wine. That's right. The wine that come from God out of heaven. Did you ever see a drunk man? 
He's just in love with everybody. <laughs> he don't care. That's the way a man is when he gets drunk on the Spirit. The Bible said, be not drunk on strong drinks, but that just but to be drunk on the Spirit. The Spirit of God makes you so drunk you forget all your enemies and everything. Everybody's in love with you. He don't care about who's standing around you. You're the biggest man in the country right then. I don't care if your neighbor's sitting there, she went to some dignified church with, let the Holy Ghost get on you one time. See what takes place. Get that real good style drunk. <laughs> You'll see what takes place. You'll say, sister, I got it. You want it too. That's right. Yes, sir, something will take place. There they was, all drunk on new wine. And listen to some of you sisters here. Did you know the Blessed Virgin Mary was in the house? Now, she had to go up there, the mother of Jesus Christ had to go up there and be included in that bunch of people so drunk on the Spirit till she staggered like she was drunk on whiskey or something. And you think you'll get to heaven by slipping over to the church and putting your songbook under your arm and walking over every Sunday morning in the bell tolls and sitting and listening to something and walk back? You'll never do it. You'll have to come that route because that's the only route God ever laid down and ever has and you'll walk it or I won't be there. I'm not your judge, but I'm preaching the gospel. That's exactly the truth. The Blessed Virgin was right there, acted just as idiotic as the rest of them did, just as drunk as the rest of them. These men and women, every one of them, was full of new wine. If God ever changed that program, put your finger on the scripture for me. It isn't there. No, sir, it will come on to the end of the age that way, come on to the end of the Bible, and it will be the same thing when Jesus comes. Look, while they were drunk on that new wine, look, we see if God put a woman full up for you all. <laughs> all right, there was all of us standing out there, a little cowardly preacher by the name of Peter, the little rock, had been so scared of his position until he denied Jesus to run out and pray to him. He had to be together with him. Sit up on a soapbox or something, said, what, you men of Judea, you did well in Jerusalem? That was doctors. <laughs> GD. Oh, said you man that... And uh, men of Israel and dwellers in Jerusalem and so forth. Let this be known unto you. These are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it's the third hour of the day, but this is that. <laughs> if this ain't that, I'm going to keep this to that tongue. <laughs> That's one thing. He said, This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This shall come to pass in the last day, says God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all places. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy of all my hands made and made servant, will I pour out of my spirit. And they shall prophesy and I'll show signs in the heavens above, and in the earth and pillars of fire, smoke and vapor, and it shall come to pass before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That bunch of self-style, along road, hypocritical priests said, What can we do to be saved? Peter said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How long is it? For the promise isn't to you and to your children and to them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Then every man that repents and baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, as God gives him the baptism of the Holy Ghost, doesn't get something that looks like the first manna, but he don't only get a mouthful of the first manna, but he gets a heartful of the same Holy Spirit. You must have cut that down a little. I know I'm a little loud on that, but I just can't help it. Notice. Look, I'm not yelling at you. I'm uh, making rebounding from it. But oh, if you felt like I did, you'd be loud too. Notice. Oh, a heartful of the original manna that fell at the beginning. 
the same Holy Spirit fell then, it's falling now. And where would it go to? To you, to your children. Then the fall, Louisville, Kentucky, and as many as the Lord our God shall call, will receive the very same thing that we've got here. That's what he said. God blessed it. He preached it. Holy Ghost brought it. I got it. That settles it. Amen. That's, that's good enough for me. I took him at his word. He did it. If you want it, you can have it too. That's right. So get out of the dead condition and wake up. It just shake you like that and wake you up and first thing you look around, everything looks different to you. That fellow couldn't speak to you and you hurry to get to him to speak to him. Yes, sir. Just got to speak to him, that's all. All those things. Take them old car tools back and all that. Them things you took out of the hotel that time, that old towel, you back around that silverware you took off the table and you hurry back to get to take it back. You sure will. Yes, sir. It'll make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now look at Mary. Oh, my we That's a hurry. We're getting right along. Here they go through the wilderness now. That's the old-fashioned meeting. Now, they're on the journey. Isn't it strange that they were led right straight to the wilderness of sin? Right up to the wilderness, right up into the, uh, the fountain of bitter water. Could you imagine God taking his children right as they got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost to fountains of bitter water? Sure. He liked to express his love to them again. That's right. They got up there. You know, when you get the Holy Ghost, you just hit a lot of obstacles. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers him out of them all. God brings you out of faith with him so he can show you his power and his goodness. Like I heard the story of the shepherd in Jerusalem who had broken sheep's legs. They said, well, you cruel shepherd, why did you break the sheep's legs? said, well, she didn't act like she loved me, so I thought I'd just break her leg. So I'd have to give her some special attention and then she'd love me from then on. Sometimes God has to lay you on your back with the sickness the doctor says you're going to die. God can give you a little special treatment so you love him a little more. That's right. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the clouds, but all through the blood. Jesus leads the church. Now when they were there and the waters were bitter and they couldn't drink, God provided a way. A little old tree swinging there on the bank. Moses just cut it down so did the water changed the whole thing. Good sweet water. Now, when you come up against one of your bitter waters or something like that, there's a tree tonight, fiercely speaking, hanging over Golgotha, all the world tonight that'll sweeten any bitter waters that you may be led by. That's right. The Calvary will sweeten any experience. Many times we get into hard places and wonder how, but I shut my eyes sometimes and think, yonder on Golgotha, where my Redeemer fled and died for my life, then my trials seem so little, I just so excited and walk on. It makes it sweet as sweet as every experience I ever had. He always sweetens it when I come to my waters of mine. Now, we're about to catch it now over here in the wilderness. After all those great signs and wonders, the revival quietened down. And the first thing you know when the revival quietened down, well, they forgot all about the miracles. Isn't that just about like people today? They forget what God did last year, what God did for meeting I here to the high school, and you forget all about it. See? What God did, we just forget it. Now, notice, and because they begin to argue with one another, well, I'm really, after all, I'm a Methodist. Our church is the biggest thing. I'm a Baptist, and I'll tell you right now, we believe in eternal security, we got it. <laughs> Y'all ain't got the doctrine after all. That's when you get in trouble and your water supply gets cut off. <laughs> That's right. That's when the desert, he lives out in the desert, begin to murmur. Murmur, complain. Well, I'll tell you. 
I tell you, when that old pastor was here, that old preacher that preached that old time religion like that, I, I don't know whether he was right or not. I tell you, he, he made my mother so mad one night she went home and I tell you, she stirred up like she ought to be. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I don't know whether I want to hear any more of that or not. That's when your water supply is cut off. That's right. That's when you get in the desert. They begin to murmur. They said, our, our souls lost this light bread. After they had left the garlic and onions of Egypt and was eating angel food and still complained. Isn't that like the church? Now I'm coming down to all of these people now. Yeah, all of you. Eat angel food and then said, I wish we'd back in Egypt to get some more garlic. Great Mike Mitchell and his wildcats is going to be at the barn and I have join that old church. I could go down. You might as well go on. Where your treasures is, are your heart is all. So you never got nothing when you started. That's right. Right. Oh, I'd like to do this or do that. There you are. Oh, they complained. They left the muddy waters of Egypt to drink the pure waters from the rock of Egypt and was complaining about it. They left the place where the great boasting physicians of Egypt, great boasters of all, to be with the great physician. They left the place where they said that the days of miracles are past to be with the people who had signs and wonders for them. And still complaining. Oh, my. Yes, sir. Down there, of course, the Egyptians, they were cold, Gentiles, and shippers. They didn't believe no such a thing as miracles. Then they was out here where they had a pillar of fire around them. We got it tonight. And out there where they had joy in the camp, shouting, miracles being performed, and everything, and then complaining about it. That's the reason the water dried up. That's the reason they didn't have enough to eat or drink. Because they were murmuring. And that's what's the matter with the churches around Louisville tonight. Murmuring, complaining, mercy, get back to the harness. Yes, then who is this guy Moses? Why do we listen, listen to this holy roller preacher anyhow? What are we doing out here? And the water supply dried up. I think of Moses, that great man. He was taught in all the, the wisdom of the Egyptians. Let's look at him just for a few minutes. Let's take Moses just for a minute. Look at that fellow. He was, the Egyptians, they were far beyond us today when it comes to our medical science. They were far beyond us. Many things they could do that we couldn't. And Moses had all the remedies. And when he was out there, I think Moses had about two million people with him. He had little children. He had old men, old women. He had cripples and blinds. Babies were born. Thousands of them in a week's time. And Moses, Dr. Moses, was out there in the wilderness with all these people. I'd like to look into his medicine chest, wouldn't you? I'd like to see what Dr. Moses had in the medicine chest. Let's just take a little peep over the medicine chest and see what he has. Moses, why, what do you have in there, Moses? Well, we find out that when all that 40 years' journey, over two more million babies is born. That's right. What did you use, Moses? What did you use for all those hurts and aches and cancers and blindness and deafness and dumbness? Why, they tell me that when you come out of wilderness, there wasn't a feeble one among them. Hey, wouldn't some of these doctors like to look into that, that medicine cabinet? <laughs> and another thing, Moses, what did you sprinkle on those people to even their clothes didn't wear out? Their shoes never wore out walking on those rocks. If you ever been there, you know what the desert looks like. You wear a pair of shoes in three days. And they never even wore one back of the leather off of them in 40 years. Moses, what was in your medicine chest? Let's look into it. I see. Got one prescription. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. That's better. Oh, my. But, oh, Moses, my father's over here. He's just fell and broke his leg. What have you got for him? Let me look and see. 
Thou, obey my voice through all thy command. I'll put none of these diseases upon you. Have the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Tell him that. He got well. Amen. That's right. Oh, he's seriously sick. My baby's got the colic and the pneumonia so bad. Dr. Moses, what can I do? Let me see what I got. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. That's it. Is it amen? That's right. Going on rejoicing. That's all he needed. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Out of six hundred and something deathless promises of divine healing in the New Testament alone, and yet we question God tonight. What will the judgment mean for Right. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Yes, sir. That's what Moses had. Dr. Moses had in his fear and his other his medicine chest was this. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. So he healed all the diseases and kept them perfectly and brought them out onto the wilderness into the promised land. Oh my. They left all those big boasting positions to be with this great position. They left that bunch of people's cold, formal, and indifferent, saying there was no such a thing as miracles, and right here a pillar of fire was hanging over them. People were being healed. Everything was, anything they had need of was furnished right to them. And yet they were complaining. When they got out of water, but then in the sovereign grace of God, in all of that, like you are here in Louisville tonight, in the midst of all of this, crying out the days of miracles is past. The medical association is trying to stop divine healing across the country. You would never stop it. You might as well stop now. You can divorce, stop it. You can stop the sun. That's right. Here a few years ago when I first started in Jeffersonville, was preaching divine healing. It hadn't been known to practice it for years. It was a hard thing. But brother, tonight there's millions of them everywhere. Crying out. How to stop it, you couldn't. I the Lord have planted it out water day and night. Let's come to buckets on my hands. You're not long, boys, looking at some little sparrows on the Statue of Liberty. They're just laying there. The little fellows were laying all around under the light. I said, what did that to the guys? He said, they beat their brains out last night in that storm. They got into the light, and the light would have took them to safety, but they were trying to put the light out. And they beat their brains out trying to put the light out. And I said, glory to God. I guess he thought I was crazy. I said, that's what's in mind of some of these people trying to beat out divine healing and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You'll beat your brains out. You'll never just accept it and find a safety in it. Amen. Amen. Speak to the rock, Moses. God told Moses, it'll bring forth his water. Bring forth his water. Here not long ago, I was looking at a picture in a certain museum of this rock being smitten, and it looked like a little bitty stream pouring out about the size of a knit needle. I thought, how ridiculous these artists can get. Well, brother, I could drink that thing dry, but I was right thirsty. Yes, sir. Do you know what Moses had to drink from that rock? He had over two million people besides all the animals. It's taken about 40,000 gallons a minute to, to drink them. Hallelujah! That puts the amount of somebody in your religion. You just got enough religion to go to Sunday school on Sunday morning, you spat a little bit and moist you up a little. I like to set at the fountains where the curses come out. Hallelujah! Enough to take you to eternity. Hallelujah. I'm glad I moved out of that old moist place over to the spout where she's just a poor all the time. Yes, sir. People just got enough religion to make them miserable. But I can't set over about ten minutes. My goodness, how long-winded is that preacher? How deep is your salvation? That's right. Go up on a Sunday morning and say, well, I'll go up and hear what you got to say and get one little spat and go back and that's about all you got. Brother, I'll tell you, when Moses smoked that rocket, water the whole wilderness. Amen. Yes, sir. The only thing, everything they had need for, they just fell right down and drink, drink, drink till they were just filled up. Still more waters are coming. About 40,000 gallons a minute. Figure out how many people, a million people, too many people could drink in a minute's time. 
thirsty people besides the camels and the animals and things they had. And the Bible said it come forth in abundance. He just roared out through the wilderness. That's the way Jesus Christ gives the Holy Ghost. Not just a little bit to say, well, I believe I'll go and join the church. Oh, my. Oh, I can't stand that knowledge. It gives me the shivers. <laughs> if you ever die, you'd freeze to death if you got to heaven. Because, brother, you go hear some noise when you get there. The Bible said they're shouting hallelujah day and night all day because there's no night. That's right. You'll still be down when you get to heaven the second day. Yes, sir. Well, you just what you did, you just went and got moist a little. Won't you sit down in the garden and let her pour down until it washes you out and turn you into the midst of you lose yourself and don't know where you're at? Hey, that's on my little boy. I used to tell my uncle and my daddy, oh, I can see him in this little town up here in Utica Pike. One day, Dad went back and said, on top of town, I want to see this morning. Little town is about that deep. I sent him a soapbox. I stripped off my belongings together. I thought it was like this, a spray up down a little soapbox, and hit the mud through both ways, and I didn't splash the mud. I said, how do you mind, Dad? But get out of there. Swimming. Mud crawling all the time. We got a lot of mud crawling church members, too. Right? That's right. Mud crawling. Yes, sir. One day, my uncle got me out in the boat, and I was swapping over about 20 little yellow holes, and about 20 foot of water. He just took the oil and knocked me off the water, so now what about it? Amen! Hallelujah! I had to pull the ground, man. Oh, my, my, don't get used to it now. Get you out of this bush, the word God opened up the rock down in the wilderness and just pulled it out. Speak to the rock, he said. Let it bring forth its waters. Maybe my friends and I, maybe you are perishing. You should speak to the rock. That's right. Maybe you went everywhere. Maybe you went to church and joined the Methodist and joined the Baptist and they got mad at you and went to pray to turn your back to the Pentecostal Lord and ask me to tell them all this. And you're still going to understand You should speak to the rock. Yes, are you speaking terms with me? Yeah, he said, speak to the rock and he'll bring forth his water. He'll bring forth his water to you. Don't have to hit him anymore. Just speak to him. Just don't pray in return speak to him. Maybe he's been to the doctor. Maybe he's done everything that you know how to do to try to get well. Maybe he's just done everything that's in your power, you're and you can't get well. Every doctor you went to every office, you know how. And the doctor says, you just, this doesn't get me done for you. Why don't you speak to the rock tonight? Look, he's got the waters of life there for you, giving you life so abundantly. One time there's a woman in the Bible by the name of Hagar. I'm thinking of her now, thinking the clothes of time. There's a woman by the name of Hagar. And she had a little baby. She was turned out in the wilderness with one little cruise of water. She said the little thing all day long, but the water did out along about the middle of the day. The little baby was screaming and crying. His little lips were parched and his tongue was swelling. A poor dear mother. What could she do? She had stained every little place she could to find some water, but no water could be found. She couldn't stand to see the baby dying. So she laid under a bush and went off about a bow shot. Then she knelt down and staked to the rock. Would you speak to the rock and the angel speak back and said, Agar, what's that bursting out over there? There was a whole well full of water that's still running today. After almost 4,000 years, it's still running today. The fountain of the water, it's still running today. He spake to the rock and the rock brought the water. There were some Hebrews children went in the fire furnace one day and they spake to the rock and the rock was with them. There was a woman come out from Samaria one time. She was discouraged, she was sinful, and had a lot of things hanging on her life, perhaps. And she was discouraged, she went to Jacob's well for relief, and she'd go back. She'd go to Jacob's well and go back. And one day she shut the water of the pot down, and was saying, you're discouraged. And there stood the rock, standing by her. 
she baked for that lot. She gave her a great grocery in her soul. She went into the city. She never come to draw anymore. She had lies. She said, come see a man that told me everything I ever done. Isn't this the Christ? She baked to the rock. And the rock brought forth its waters. There was a little woman who wasted all of her money on doctors. Perhaps she had taken all of her money to the stop the blood issue. She had probably mortgaged the farm and maybe sold it. She was studying knitting one day. And she heard something coming down the road. She spake to the rock. The rock turned around and said, She touched him. It was over. When she spoke to the rock, he gave her a pressure of life that stopped the blood issue. And quickly, there was an old blind beggar standing with a tile wall one day, shivering in the cold. Everything he had was gone. And there was an invisible people passing by. He heard something coming. So what is it? He spake to the rock. All those church members around him tried to stop him, say, no need, you can't get it. Stay away, hold your peace. But he cried the louder. Now, do not say that have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And he spake to the rock, and the rock gave him a gusher, and his eyes come open. That same rock that was in the wilderness is here today. It makes the people rejoice. One day all Jerusalem was sitting out to see a divine healer of the Holy Lord entering into the town with a few people standing there screaming to the top of their voice, Hosanna! Hosanna! For him that cometh in the name of the Lord. That self-styled church member stood out there with a long rope on with their CDs behind him. Said, Let them hold their peace. My, they make sure that my back is over. Make them hold their peace. Instead of they hold their peace, the rocks will meet in the crowd. Why was it the very rock that was shoot out of the mountain with our hands coming rolling into Jerusalem? The little rocks is drinking from it. Speak to the rock, and it'll bring forth its waters. If you need salvation tonight, speak to the rock, it'll bring forth its waters. If you're a backslider tonight, speak to the rock, it'll bring forth its waters. If you're here tonight, and without Christ, you fight over church or is in town to find salvation, speak to the rock, it'll bring forth its waters. You breathe it. If your backslider is gone away from God, you think there's not a chance for you, just speak to the rock. It'll bring forth its waters. You believe that with all your heart? You believe that God would grant it with all your heart? You believe it? Hallelujah. He sure tonight, if you're sick and you've tried everything in the world, you try to get in the prayer line, and you can't get in the prayer line. You've had prayer cards and turned down. You went to one meeting, you went to another meeting, you've been annoyed by the pastor. You've come through this prayer line, you've been everywhere else, and you can't get healed. Well, don't you speak to the rock man. He'll bring forth his water. That's why I want you to give him a trial on Get on speaking terms with him. Right now, while he's in the building, his presence is right here now to heal every one of you. I believe it, I know it with all my heart. I believe there's some things that I do not know, but there's some things that I do know. And I know that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is right here. Well, I'm even trying to make an altar call right now in my heart. The demons are breaking all over the building right, right now. That's right. The powers of God is right here. That's right. I see him moving right here. It's beginning to break me from one dimension to another right now. Because there's sick people here in your prayers. It's what they're doing. It. You can turn the word of God saying he's right here to be spoke to tonight. The same rock that stood in for Caesar thought, seeing where the woman was, that was had a blood issue and so forth. He's here now. If you'll speak to him, he'll bring forth his waters. Do you believe that with all your heart? What do you think, lady? Right there, sitting out there, you don't have a prayer card, do you? You the white thing around her neck sitting right there? You have diabetes, don't you? You don't have a prayer card, do you? You don't need any prayer card. Do you believe that? Can you speak to the rock? you want to speak to him for your diabetes right now? Stand up on your feet, then. Right, right. And say, I accept Jesus Christ now as my healer. And God will take 
grow and be made well. What do you think about setting your cure, lady? You have both horse things in your leg, don't you? That's right. Stand up on your feet. Is that your husband setting your cue there? That right? You have diabetes too, don't you? That right? Put your hand over on the right. All right. You both are from Illinois. Isn't that right? Now you return back to Illinois speaking to the rock and you'll leave you and never come back again. Hallelujah! I know one thing that the rock is sure, the rock of angels. That's right. What do you think about an old lady that has flowers on your hat? Sitting out with Arthur Wright is trying to get over. You determined to look the other way. Do you believe with all your heart that God's going to heal you? Stand up on your feet, then stomp your feet up and down, till the Arthur Wright is gone. And it's, oh! And it'll bring forward to I tell you, Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday's the day and forever. He cares to make manifest anything. That's, what do you think about a lady sitting there said, praise the Lord, with that female trouble, with a little green-looking jacket on sitting there? Do you believe that God healed you then? Stand up, just in the sitting right there. Do you believe with all your heart? You got a female trouble, it's an abscess, you got a some kind of dream comes from it, isn't that right? That's why right, raise your hand. What's making you say that? It's a rock speaking to you. It's my dream. And you may well. Hallelujah. Oh, how he wants to bring his manifestations of his power. Now see the angel, God the very same that's how the children in the world is moving through this building now. I'm trying to locate a woman. She's praying. Where is she here? Where he stands? Yes, it's a little woman standing right there, the second one sitting in. No, she's, it's about a man standing. It's a drunkard husband that you're praying for. Isn't that right, lady? Well, then you stand up on your feet right there. Have you got a drunkard husband you were praying for? If well, that's right, raise up your hand. He's through the rock and God bringing out of the God will do anything in here. If you want to do it, you will believe it. Are you all speaking terms with him? If you are, stand to your feet right now and speak to the rock. And the rock will bring forth his waters when you stand. Who wants you for salvation? Raise your hand. Say, I want him to come into my heart. God bless you. 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 you, you, you. Oh, my. Yes, sir. That cancer left you there, my brother. It's gone. You can go home and be well now. Hallelujah. That's true. All that wants to be healed, raise your hand. Say, Lord, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. That's right. There he goes. Mister, your sign is left you there. You are free. Go home in Jesus Christ's name. You're healed. Anybody in here that wants to find him out, raise up your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for healing me. I'm speaking to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, that you heal me. Oh, God of mercy, send your power tonight with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. While he's in this building light, is sweep over this audience. And may the Holy Ghost perform every miracle. May there not be a sick or a crippled person left in the building tonight. May you heal everyone in Jesus Christ's name.